She's April. And she's Molly. We are the Book Besties. You guys know we're a shit show. This little spider doesn't want to go away. Am I just, just burning this episode to the ground already? Okay, well, then you need to say more nice things because I've said enough mean things. It's Yang and Burke. We don't have sex. And I was just like, I wanted that. Nigerian princess every day. The peppiest kids I ever saw, they never come up poking. It's not the pep in the pepper pot. That was like really extra, bro. I <laughs> I was having flashbacks to my time in, at Hidden Hollow Camp where we used to sing the peppiest kids I ever saw that started with like, the and we just like see how I'm long sorry. we can hold it. What camp? Hidden Hid- what? Hidden Hollow. This all sounds made up. It's not made <laughs> up. I went to Hidden Hollow Camp from the time I was eight years old, um, and I started working there when I was able to. I can't remember what age you can start working there, um, and so I was Most there camps from at sixteen. I think you could actually be like kitchen staff when you're fourteen or something Yikes. like that. Um, I don't know. Anyway, I was there until I was 17. So that was my last summer there. Um, and it's not made up. It's real. And I still could sing the peppiest kids I ever saw. Like I could. Again, another thing that sounds made up. <laughs> the peppiest kids I ever saw. They never come up poking. It's not the pep in the pepper pot or the pep in the. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she lost it. I <laughs> forgot. Well, at least it proves it's not made up because you could have. It's you not not forgotten it. It's not um it's not made up. Not made up. It's not made up. <laughs> uh, actually, uh somebody I went to high school and camp with um is the person that runs the camp now. So it's not made up. It's real. <laughs> I'll take so, your word for it. It's a real camp. Um okay, so can we just talk about your shirt for those of us who are listening to this Let me and get- not on YouTube, Molly has a TARDIS, exploding TARDIS shirt. shirt that has a fringe on it that I, is I'm giving not a me gal. like it's fully Golden Girls, like Miami Beach TARDIS. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It makes me happy. I wear it over a black tank top and it makes me feel dressy. That's the shirt that Blanche would wear if she was a nerd. Okay. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take it. <laughs> For many reasons, but oh, <laughs> I mean, I am the so, Blanche of most friends groups. Let's not lie. Uh, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little extra. Yes. Well, that you that you are. A extra. <laughs> um. So you are ten days kid free. Starting tomorrow. Starting tomorrow. Sorry. Uh, when this episode premieres, you'll have been how many days? Five or six at that point. Math is not my strong suit. It's just counting, Molly. It's not the same (laughs) as math. Like, it's just. I don't know. They come back mid month. So, bare minimum, girl. Count. Hi, have you met me? So, you'll be 10 days kid free. So, what do you And you'll be like two weeks into your new job. Yeah, I just finished my first week. Um, uh, Technically, I still have one day left of my first week because we have a program, a big program. Um, and it's a Saturday program and like in the mm-hmm. public library world, Saturday programs are pretty common because that's when people are off. Right. Um, and in the they summer, take their kids to do the things. Right. And some, and summer is big 
programming time. But yes, I have finished my first week now. Um, and I, I, I've been asked many times, you know, how do I think it's going? And I haven't really, I've just been in training. Like I've been in so You're many like different. You're like I'm not in the trenches yet. Like, no, I can't, I've, I've I can give you a definition of what it is if I don't know the full word, right? Right. I've been doing orientations. Like I've had two different orientations and like a lot of different like early training stuff. So, I mean, I really can't say, but we have had a few. So the library where I'm working now is, um, geographically close to a library I worked previously Mm -hmm. um, where I had a big following for story time. Right. And I have seen five of our families in this library um, already. And I'm pretty, so that, sure pretty stoked to hear that you're, you're, you, you've returned. They you have been, glorious return back they have to been the main stage. Excited. But my job is different now. I don't know how much like actual like story time and things like that I'll be doing because um, I'm de- managing a department, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it was been really good. Occasionally, I saw that would be nice. Yes. So I saw this kid who's four now. And the last time I saw him was in 2020 when he was two mm-hmm. and, um, I, he had been in my baby story time. So I've known this kid since he was like, you know, crawling and I saw him for the first time in two years and I cried a little bit. Like it was, That's it was nice. like, a little emotional because like, I mean, he's still a baby, just a different kind of baby now. Uh, yeah. But like, you know he's he's so much bigger and i mean i guess that's what happens two years will really you know change things but um when you're little but it it was it was just like oh my gosh this is like surreal like this is one of my little ones um and so yeah i mean yeah we'll see how it goes i mean so far i like it um i really like the staff that i'm working with and um i mean i don't i've not spent enough time like in the actual library to like say more than that because everything's been like training and not Mm -hmm. in the space so yeah so what are you looking forward to with your 10 days kid free writing i'm hoping to write are you gonna pick back up that story the post-apocalyptic story that you started i've lost it it's gone the fuck molly i needed an ending to that i i have it it's in my brain i'll tell it to you later let me Uh, just say that the biggest bullshit job as the best friend of a writer is that you read her whips and then you just don't get endings and you're well, like because they stopped talking the to you like my current i've been having like when i go to sleep i create to like i tell myself stories to go to bed i'm not gonna lie like that's mm-hmm. how i put myself to sleep mm-hmm. and this new idea and premise is um i'm calling it the sister-in-law wars where, like, at one point they were friends, but they married brothers, and now they're trying to one-up each other, and it's just a chronological timeline of them one-upping each other until a new in-law comes, and then they have to band together to kind of protect their sister, their husband's sister, from this man she's dating. They're dating. Okay, well, I want to read that, so go ahead and write it. Um, <laughs> So, like, half the first part of the book is going to be, like, uh, my thought bubble is, like, it's going to be a um, timeline of them just, like, well, we're going to start in, like, 02 when they were besties in college. And then we'll jump from there to when the first one starts dating the first brother and then so on and so forth. And then it'll turn into, like, a timeline of, like, them one-upping each other at the in-laws' events. (laughs) 
Until, like, they're spiteful and hate each other, even though they still call each other besties. That's going to be really good. I hope it's good. God, I hope it's good. I need it to be good. I need it to be good because I want to read it. Uh, This week, we read instead... The Matchmakers List. Matchmakers List by this Sonia Lolly. So, Sonia? 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 I would Lally. think it was Sonia, but I don't know if I'm pronouncing Sonia? the last name right. Sonia? I didn't listen to this one. Lally. I read this one poolside. I listened to this one just because, well, I already had it in Audible, mm-hmm. uh, but this was my second read of it. Well, there. This was um, week week two of our poolside reads, so I took that very literally. And then instead of just and, reading three um, books poolside, I read five. So you're welcome. <laughs> you did go a little hard, but hey, yeah. you had free time. I had um, two weeks I, off, so I do have a synopsis, but I do want to make a quick statement about this. Um, okay, this book kind of is. The cover makes you think it's like a fun matchmaker love light thing. Um, but this is a really strong book on Indian culture, religion, mm-hmm. the true life experience of an, a woman in Indian culture, mm-hmm. specifically this woman's in Toronto. And um, I'm going to speak for both of us here, April. We don't have this experience. Right. So our, our views on this book are thought process or bubble like how we feel about this book has nothing to do with the culture right it has to do with the content of the book yeah so we're not going to sit here and make assumptions about the culture or anything we're just talking about the book we have zero desires to offend or hurt anyone with our thoughts on this book it's more about how we process the writing right not the culture And, and we try here on book besties to not read only cis white um heterosexual authors or uh books with those characters we read a variety in this on this podcast Mm -hmm. and honestly what it comes down to is molly and i pick what we want to read and we just read it we've gotten suggestions from people and we've read some of those books and in this season um, week two of season three, that's what we're in. Um, we uh, we have some people who are bringing in their favorite books and going to talk to us mm-hmm. about them. And so, but we are never commenting on a culture or a people. Nope. Uh, we are commenting on content in the book. Yes. So. And period. 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 And we do, we will be talking about outside observations as an outsider of this culture. Mm-hmm. We're not having, there's your judgment. I think yeah. that's pretty clear here. We have zero judgment. There's going to be some judgment, but not in, not in, <laughs> right, not in right. that way. Writing style, voice, right. length of the book. The story tropes. itself. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that's expected for any Book Besties episode. Right. Um, so a synopsis, so I can stop rambling like an idiot. Okay. <laughs> Raina is almost 30. It is having a rough few years. Her long-term boyfriend, Dave, ended things when she moved home to Toronto. While she's happy about about being home, I mean, sorry, let's try that again. She moved home to Toronto. Her best friend is getting married, which she's pretty happy about, but still Mm -hmm. it hits home a little hard for her. Mm She sees sees her nanny. Oh, my God. Molly. What is the day? 
What is my day? Let's try this again. Raina, do you want to? Are you sure you could do it? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm gonna. I'm good. We got this. So Raina is almost thirty. She lives at home in Toronto, and she's moved there for a marketing firm where she used to live in London. The reason she moved from London is to be closer to her nanny. This caused a breakup with her boyfriend Dave, mm-hmm. to, whom she still longs for, mm-hmm. and has had a really had a really rough breakup with. Mm-hmm. Her best friend's getting married, but she doesn't see her best friend very much anymore. Um, and the only thing her nanny, her grandmother, mm-hmm. can think about is her getting married. Yeah. And the start of this book, we are approached with a matchmaking list from her nanny. Mm-hmm. And that is how we start this book. Raina's life seems to be everywhere and nowhere at the same time. So let's talk about how she resolves it. Hmm? Okay. Um, yes, we can. <laughs> am I just killing it? Am I just just burning this episode to the ground already? Before I, you I gotta say that is the worst synopsis that we've ever had on the show. <laughs> you, you're feel free to fix it. <laughs> I don't know what happened to me there. I have just lost myself. Look, I think we can't ever take two weeks off again because we just like no, that's we, we no. forget how to pod. We, we 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 just don't know how to talk. I mean, oh, you that's know what Molly. we didn't say? What? It's our one-year anniversary. It is our one-year anniversary. It's Yesterday, our third season. Yes. It's our third season, but it's our one-year one anniversary. Happy anniversary, love. Yeah, you too. <laughs> now let's talk about this book. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. We're done. We're disrespecting this author by not doing this right. Okay. <laughs> We're sorry. I am Sonia. Please please keep listening. We're really better than this. (laughs) You guys know this. You guys know we're a shit show. What a shit show. Um, We're going to get texts from Katie. She's just going to be like on us. What the fuck, y'all? What the fuck? Um, So we talked about the culture a bit, but, Mm -hmm. and we've talked about how culture affects books in other books. Yeah. Um, So I wanted to talk about that first without, Mm -hmm. before we get into the storyline stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like this is different. When we've read other books and culture has been a part of it, it hasn't been part of the main storyline. And I feel like the Indian culture is almost a character itself in this book. Mm. How do you, what do you think? I mean, I don't agree with you that this is the only book we've talked about where culture played such an important role because All American Boys, that book was literally Oh, yes. About... Ameri- all, uh, that's the one I was thinking of. I was trying to remember the type name and it couldn't. Um, but uh, that, Yes, that was heavy in the African American life experience right. culture, yes. Right. Um, <laughs> I think, so I don't know much about Indian culture and I don't know anything about Indian Canadian culture because I don't Same. live in Canada and I'm not Indian. Um, the what, what I know you're neither of those things. Neither. Of those things. Wow, I, this is Shocker. all new information for me. Uh, the <laughs> only thing that I know about Indian culture is going to be things that I have seen from the movie Bend It Like Beckham um, and Big Bang Theory. Right. Which neither uh, are. From what I understand, always a positive representation of their life. Right. Now, I did live in England for six months in college. And so Mm -hmm. um, I adjacently saw Indian culture. But um, I have enough curry to save your life then. 
I really deeply dislike curry, which we could talk about if you want to, but I, I deeply dislike curry. Okay. Um, I mean, but that's that. <laughs> so I don't actually like Indian food, but um, I like a lot of other Asian food, just not Indian. But um, so I don't know enough about what I, I don't know enough about the cultural things except for what is told to me in this book. So what is told to me in this book is this, that a single woman um, that will not stand. Like you need to get her married because the role of a woman is to be married and have kids. Family. Right. And um, they talk about that in Bend It Like Beckham. They also talk about that in Big Bang Theory. And I will say it's like that in the Christian community, unfortunately. Um, There are some churches that I've attended that like when I was still single, it was sort of like, you can't really serve the church because you're a single woman. So what you need your partner. And I was just like, cool. Because because you, you're not a grown up without a man signing a piece of paper with you. It's it's ridiculous. I obviously do not attend a church like that anymore. Right. But right. Um, but I also was single for a long time. So I, Tom and I didn't get married until we were in our late 20s. Right. And we didn't meet until we were in our late 20s. Um, and so I, I mean, my family tried to marry me off a few times. Like my mom was like, I met this cute doctor at the hospital where I work, you know, you want to meet him? And I'd be like, no, no. I live in Florida. He lives in Ohio. <laughs> I'm not just going to hop on a plane. That mom. Sounds terrible. Like, why would I do that? Um, so, I, you know, I don't know enough about the culture to comment on it. I do think I have seen um, like Indian weddings in, mm-hmm reality shows and oh my gosh they they're they're quite a spectacle they're they're quite a spectacle and they are gorgeous like indian brides are just like beautiful they're sexy and and they're elegant and there's just like a whole there's a whole vibe takes to the 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 mental wherewithal to sit down and want the henna right the henna that covers the hands and the feet and everything right that has to dry for what eight hours ten hours right and they what, I thought, what I thought was interesting about the story, um, specifically to the culture, was the uh, divide by uh, economics, the economic yes. divide. So uh, her nanny is, was a, is a self-made woman. Mm-hmm. Um, her grandparents came to Canada and they started a restaurant and their restaurant business just kind of grew and boomed. And they befriended uh, a couple who was incredibly wealthy and, you know, upper class. Yeah. And so that's how Nani got into that situation where she's like being invited to these like really ridiculous events. Um, But there's still such a divide between them. Like mm-hmm. what is culturally acceptable at this financial level versus what's a culturally acceptable at this financial. And so, and I think that's something that cross culturally relates mm-hmm. to everyone. Like well, there is I, a I, barrier there economically. And I feel like also the, how we're viewed, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, Shay's mom cared more about in this book, mm-hmm. how the family looked during this wedding mm-hmm. than anything else. And I don't know I, if Indians have Karens, but she's, she's a Karen. She <laughs> is a very much a relatable thing, right? Uh-huh. Um, when my parents divorced, that was mid nineties mm-hmm. in a small town. The appearance of that was bad. Right. So 
like everybody, my grandmother, my everybody, all the adults mm-hmm. cared about how the, it made the family look. Right. And while it's not the same thing, it, it is the same thing, right? right. Like how we're viewed, we, everybody cares about how we're viewed. And I feel like um, this is a minority group that in this book, I'm not mm-hmm. speaking to Indian people as a whole, but in right. this particular group, this is a minority group that is so small that they yeah. all know each other. Yeah. Um, well, they're, they're, they're all from the same temple, right? Right. Right. So right. that's that's my understanding of this. Um, right. Even though, like, none of them really go to temple. It's just... It, it, <laughs> Religion, it's a social club almost, right? Religion like is, that's how that's yes. how it was interpreted. Yeah. Interpreting. Religion is interpreting like interpreting it. Have you I read Crazy Rich Asians? I watched the movie. I haven't seen read the book yet. Uh, I, okay. Well, the 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 book does the same thing. The Methodist Church, which I go to a Methodist church, mm-hmm. is the social club for right. the wealthy Asians. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean and I mean, I think that's true in a lot of churches. That's your social club, but it particularly this one. Um, yeah, I want to say because I am totally afraid I'm going to forget this. Um, that Reina reminded me so much of Deep from um, Love Is Blind season two. I pictured Deep, and it wasn't just her physical appearance. It was the it was her mannerisms too. Like well, I could and- not picture anyone else as unsure like okay we watched deep in love is blind this is going to be so ridiculous we watched deep is love is blind Mm -hmm. be unsure of herself unsure Mm -hmm. of love unsure Mm -hmm. of what she wants in life by the time we finished love is blind Mm -hmm. we get to the finale and we start seeing her on social media today in irl she is a confident Mm -hmm. full strong person who knows exactly what she wants and who she wants to be the same track goes for reina Raina is yeah. unsure. Raina is living a ghost shell of a life. She's just pushing along because she still over, can't get over Dave. She just and, and I she's felt just like I going felt like, through the motions, and she I, finally figures out who she is at the end. And I feel like her relationship with Dave was one that made me feel like deep in whatever that asshole's name was. What was his oh, name? I don't want to talk about him. Shake, nope. shake. Oh, um, shake. like there's yeah. that episode where they're in. Hawaii is that where they went I don't know whatever and he hugs her when they're all in Mexico yeah that's it and he hugs her and you could see his face and his face is like oh fuck what did I just do right? like he's cringing he's right like he's like literally cringing and like he me, forgot that he was being filmed and yeah. like she's gonna see this and to me that's the relationship that she had with Dave now whether he wanted to say that's the relationship he had right. he had her on the hook Mm. Um, and I, I think like you said at the top of the episode that, um, that she went back to Canada because she wanted to be close to her nanny and that's why they broke up. But my understanding was that her, and I could be wrong. I've read this once and you've read it more than that. My understanding was that her assignment there was short term and she just felt like it was time to go home. It was, it was kind of that and going home to like she had opportunity to stay in london and she chose not to okay Um, well she made the right choice because that guy's a real dick word and we're going to talk about that um let's go into the next question since we're have we only answered one question oh my gosh yeah um the title of this book is kind of deceiving yeah matchmakers list sounds like a fun romance read but Mm -hmm. we get something much deeper 
So with this in mind, what do you think of the storyline? Was it original? It wasn't just the title that was deceiving. It's this cover where all the guys are courting her that yeah. is deceiving. Yeah. Um, what was your question? Was the story original? Was the storyline original? I mean, I guess it had some cliches, like the parent setting the kid up, you know, mm -hmm. the cliche in Asian culture that you always have to marry someone that's of like, that's a doctor or whatever. Um, I, I don't know. Any cliches you loved or hated in here? Molly, I did not like this book. That's okay. So I can't really speak to that because honestly, I just felt like this book made me angry more than anything. Hmm. I know we're going to talk about this later, so I won't go into it deep, but there, I just, number one, I'm bothered by the idea that a woman can't be independent and yes, I as well do have thing. issues with that. Um, but I mean, I understand that culturally that is pretty consistent with Indian culture and actually matchmaking and arranged marriages are still very, like very uh, common in India, that is very right. common still. And I mean, even in 2022, that is how people meet their spouse. Um, and there's so, nothing wrong with that if mm -hmm. both parties are consenting. Right. Um, but I don't feel like this book added anything to my life. Like, okay. I don't feel like I learned more about Indian culture. I don't feel like I learned. Uh, I just, okay. I thought it was very predictable. Okay. Um, did you I love it? Like, I love it when you don't agree with me, but you won't argue and just okay. Well, well no, I, I <laughs> I'm not sure how I stand on it. I feel like I learned a lot about Indian culture for this. I feel like I had an idea about what Indian life was like, but I didn't have a good idea, like a better clue. I feel like it gave me a more behind the scenes idea and what it felt like to be Indian. Right? Um, I, in I terms you did of get put in in terms, of, shoes. in terms of the religious aspect being social, I did learn that. Um, and the idea that, um, like, I never really knew that being LGBTQ in that culture would not be accepted. Like, I didn't know and that. I, I didn't either. And I like that she, like, went back to the Karma Sutra and their own religious writings and was like, look. It's in the Karma Sutra. It's in this book. It's in this book. It's in this book. I don't know why we're making a big deal of it. And it's it's hush-hush if we're studying these books, following these books, and these books are our religion and our life, and you're sitting here ignoring a big set cross-section of it. I'm actually uh, reading the graphic novel series Heartstopper right now uh -huh. and watching the first season of the series on Netflix. And um, this series is uh, LGBTQ. It's a gay uh 10th grader and a bisexual 11th grader and it's set in england and i'm enjoying both the book and the show but i every time i see something that's lgbtq that's set in england i think to myself it was illegal it was you will be arrested and put in jail yeah. just a few decades ago we yeah. are not that far removed from it. No. So to have a culture that's like unaccepting of it, it doesn't surprise me. No. Um, because like, <laughs> have you ever seen the imitation game, the movie with Benedict Cumberbatch? No, I was just trying to think. 
I mean, it's about a very well-known, but I forget his name right now, so that's how well-known he is. But um, he was a code breaker in World uh-huh. War II, and he is the one that broke, like, the Nazi code. Um, and he was gay, and he was married to a woman, because you can't be gay. Right. Um, and after he became world-renowned for what he did, like... Uh, 15 or 20 years later, he was arrested and spent like a ton of time in jail for being gay. And, we appreciate your service to the country, but you're going to jail. Right. It Ridiculous. wasn't that long ago. And it's, just, you know, Downton Abbey, it wasn't, I mean, that takes place in what, the 20s, but yeah, it's not that long ago that people are being arrested for this. So, right. right. And we're, I mean, we're, I mean, you're seeing what's happening in our own country with it. Right. Stonewall wasn't even that long ago. No. I mean, it's it, just. It, it's just, it's exhausting. Yeah. Um, Raina, as a character, has a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't know who her father is. Yeah. She's obsessed with her last breakup still. Right. She has zero relationship with her mother. Her only relationship. The last breakup was her only relationship. Yeah. Um, pe- she's a people pleaser, especially her nanny. Mm-hmm. And let's not lie, the girl needs therapy. Probably. But does this make her a relatable character? Um, I mean, I guess. You didn't relate to her? Not even a little? No. That feeling of wanting to please your family and make them happy no matter what? Personally, I did not relate to her. But I could think of a lot of characters that I felt were like her. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, um the main character from the kiss quotient, for example, Um, obsessed with work, um, not really great at relationships. Um, So that reminded me of that. I I mean, I don't know. Doing a job just because you have to do a job and not knowing what you want to be. I, I understood that hard. Like, Mm -hmm. like, not having a purpose, just doing something to do something uh-huh. and like feeling like you have to succeed because your family didn't and you have to pers- persevere and you're the next generation. And I-, I get that pressure. I get that. I mean, I guess I do. Um, but I'm just in a, such a different place now. Like this is a book that I may have enjoyed 20 years ago. Yeah. But I don't enjoy it now as a 40 year old who's like, what the fuck? It's like, I don't We get have it. a lot of complex relationships in this books. Yeah. With Reyna. Yeah. I'm just going to go down the list. Okay. Reyna and her nanny. Reyna and Shay. Okay. Reyna and Dave. Dave is the ex-boyfriend for right. those that haven't listened, read the book or listened to it yet. Reyna and the list, which I'll, I can go over the list if you want. Reyna and Asher, which he is the best man to Nani's to Shay's fiance. Not Nani's, Shay's fiance. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. And, and and Shay's fiance is white and so is Asher. Yes. Yeah. Um Raina and her mom, which I have a whole question about that itself, so we're going to talk about that mm-hmm. in a bit. And then Raina and Depeche. Um mm-hmm. Was there one were these all these little separate branches of storylines necessary did you feel all of these relationships needed to be focused on i forgot zoe zoe is her gay lesbian best friend 
So we have read books before that have a lot of characters to keep track of, mm -hmm. like the selection, for example. I, I couldn't remember any of the dang men's names. I have I literally tabbed it so I could well, remember. We've, we've um, read books like the selection where there's a lot of characters to keep track of and you mm -hmm. don't forget who they're talking about. Like you very clearly understand, oh, this is this character and so on. Um, I do think that she did a good job besides the men that were on the matchmakers list, mm -hmm. which kind of blurred together, which I think that was intentional. I right. think she did a good job keeping all the characters separate. I knew um, very clearly who everybody was. For me, like the men, I kind of like the one that was like vegan and judging her life choices and right. like, oh, once you eat with me a couple of times, your life will be different. That right. guy was douchey. I like... But yeah, the people the that, right, like, the part that was rough for me with all the characters is every time we got reintroduced to the other bridesmaids, I completely forgot who the fuck they were. Yeah, but like, they weren't central. No. They weren't but central. They were talked about. They were a part of the story enough that they had names, right? <laughs> I don't think this book's problem was bad writing. Like, no, I don't think no, that's I the don't, problem. It, it's not bad writing. I, I don't know what it is. I don't. Structure. I just didn't think the story was great. It is a family drama disguised as a light romance. Well, and, and this was, and, and that's you, where I found this book was in the romance. So so aisle. did I, and that's what I was going to say. Like I feel like we didn't do it justice doing it this month because no. last week we talked about Beach Read, which I loved and you liked, mm -hmm. um, which had good sex in it, you know. Right. And then next, next week's week, sex next week's is like a spice talk book. Yeah, there's a spider on top of my computer. I'm just gonna bye. Just spider. scoot him away. Um <laughs> there uh next week's book is smut. Like it's not even like it's porn. Like it's next porn. week is it's porn. Spice talk. It's basically everything spice talk is ever talking about. Right. And except there's no fairies in it. <laughs> or or dragons like yeah we'll we'll read fairy porn later this season um but i maybe <laughs> but this one being stuck in the middle of those two I, books i know molly failed well everyone needs to know that molly has now been convinced is now convinced that i just don't like any of the books that she picks. no no i'm pretty certain of that but that's <laughs> beside the point uh <laughs> it's not true i told you it's not true it's okay even it's though okay. even though i rated jurassic park three stars i liked it okay <laughs> i just thought it was too lengthy okay yeah and, but it's and i like science it's gotta be lengthy it's gotta besides, have the big words in it besides frankenstein i liked all the books you picked for spooky season in season one okay i didn't think you liked the mushroom one, but okay. Mexican yeah, it gothic. was weird and trippy and like, it's never something I would have picked up for myself, but I did Word. like it. Okay. Molly, okay. just don't get stuck in your head about it. Because I'm not. Otherwise You're the one that keeps bringing it up. <laughs> You're the one worried about it. I'm good. I promise. <laughs> okay. I want to get through our questions before we have an hour. <laughs> Do we have to? This yes, we have to finish this book. We said we'd talk about it. This little spider doesn't want to go away. Name him then and bring him on. Get him a set of headphones. He's looking at me. Go away. Okay. Sorry. What? 
Raina outright lies to her nanny, telling uh, her she's a lesbian, or not, uh-huh. or she lets nanny assume she's mm-hmm. a lesbian mm-hmm. to stop the suitors. Mm-hmm. Right? Raina mm-hmm. just needs it to stop. That's the only thing she could think of. Mm-hmm. Lazy. Uh, Raina knows this is wrong, and she outright like admits it in the book. Mm-hmm. And she knows she's being disrespectful to her community and the LGBTQ plus community, but she continues it on. Why do you think she does this? Well, I don't think she actually did realize it was disrespectful until uh, she started hanging out with, uh, what's his name? Depeche. Depeche. Oh, yes. Um, But she doesn't, she feels like it's the quick solve to her problem. And to me, that's what I didn't like about this book. I find this to be very offensive. I'm not even a part of the LGBT community. And I'm deeply offended by the fact that someone pretend to be gay. Girls do it all the time in bars. All the time. It is a constant thing women do in bars. Not to get their parents to stop hooking, uh, trying to set them up with people. That's not the reason. If you are pretending, oh, this is my girlfriend, so that some creeper will leave you alone, that's a big difference. I think it's the same. I don't. It's the same lie. But I don't because because it affects, in that situation, it doesn't affect everyone around you. Her grandma literally was ostracized from her community because her grandma was a good grandma. Her grandma went and told people after Nani told her not to. Listen. Raina said, don't tell anyone, grandma. I don't want to make this a big thing. I don't want to make ruin Shay's wedding and make Shay's wedding about me. And then her grandma went and started running her mouth. I don't think her grandmother should have done that. I don't think her grandmother should have told anyone. However, her grandmother was being supportive. Her right. grandmother was like I mean, she's buying it, like buying bag in yeah. living room. Right, she was researching like she was saw lesbian. She porn. got lesbian porn <laughs> on her search history, but she was researching what it means oh, to be gay. Um, she was trying to go like she was trying to be the good parent she's, that is yeah. under trying to understand who your child is now. But um, I think that's uh, from years of like. I'm not going to say failing, but she, I think Nani feels like she failed her daughter, right? Her I daughter think she feels like she pregnant. failed her daughter, but she ne- never failed Reyna. She was a good mom to Reyna. Right. A hundred percent agree. A hundred percent agree. But when she realized that what she was doing was probably not okay. Um, and Zoe told her from jump, Zoe is her She's friend's like, a lesbian. Dude, this She's is like, wrong. This is not, you can't do this. Like, this is not Okay. Uh, and, you know, kudos to Zoe for still being a supportive friend who, who didn't like lose her shit and was like, dude, what the fuck? She was um, like, oh, okay, what the hell are you doing? to Shay, who knew that Raina was not gay and was like, ride or die for her about it. Like, yeah. you know, this is where we are now. Okay, sounds um, good. Do you think it was a necessary evil because she did help Depeche? No. I mean, I think the reason that that story is in there about Depeche is to give us more insight into Indian culture. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't want to go on dates with people, just, just say you don't want to Don't want to go on dates with people. Just don't do it. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know how else they would have written. I, I think if you cut that chunk out, mm-hmm. the book falls apart right now. I think the book fell apart anyway. <laughs> okay. 
And again, not the writing. Like I would probably the storyline. Yeah, it's the it's the plot. It's I the plot. I would I would not be opposed to reading another one of her books. Um, yeah. I don't know if she has any more books, but I wouldn't be opposed to reading another one of her books because her writing is good. It's yeah. really descriptive. I could I could see what she was what she was writing. Like if you can paint a picture very clearly for me, I'm gonna enjoy like your writing style. It's just the story didn't hit home for me. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I'm not a part of this culture. It's because I I find this storyline offensive on a lot of levels. <laughs> I'm sure others feel that way. We've got to stop stat- tagging authors and things because we've been tagging authors on Instagram and TikTok. And like this author They has- wouldn't be on the internet if they knew people were going to like- if they only thought they were going to get positive reviews. This author has responded to some of our tags and like, and I don't hate this book. Okay. Well then you need to say more nice things. Cause I've said enough mean things. In chapter 20, Raina has an aha moment while video chatting with Dave, who's been leading her on. Did she need to go through all of this again to finally cut ties with Dave and re- come to the realization that Dave was just trash? Yes. Did she have to do this twice? Yes. I it's think the, so too. It's the Bridget Jones moment. You've it gotta, Bridget Jones you've gotta moment. sleep with them again just to be like, oh right. That's why we're not together. She's anymore. literally I love the scene because she's literally sitting there and he's like showing how beautiful this all is. And he's like, look, Raina, look. And he's so excited to show her. And instead of like looking at her face and seeing how her reaction, he's looking himself, even though he's already fucking seen it. And yeah. she's like he gives zero shits about me. He fucking yeah. gives nothing. He gives no shits about me. And I feel like not only is he somebody who is hyper fixated on his job. And so all and, he, and that's okay if that's who you want to be. But bro, like. He's going to struggle with like relationships. That. Well, no. See, that's the problem, Molly. He did find somebody like that. He found Raina. And, and what would actually happen, in my opinion, if they did end up getting married he would expect her to leave the job and stay home. Oh, that would absolutely. still be the expectation. It, it's um, it's Yang and Burke. It's Yang and Burke, because Mama Burke goes. So you're gonna pick a less time-consuming yeah. specialty, right? Right. When you become a wife, right? Because you're, who's gonna raise the kids? Right. It's right. Yang and Burke. So their relationship was doomed from the start because what he really wanted was a good Indian wife. And what Raina wanted was to be Raina. Right. And and maybe she'd be a good Indian wife and mother, but she also wanted her career. I don't know that she wanted that career. She hadn't quite figured her shit out yet. Um, she said she, like, at her last, at the end, there's a list, right? Mm-hmm. And in that list, find it. In that list, where did it go? Go to college. Attend university career fair and keep your chin up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, Raina knows. Raina knows that she's, like, still has to figure her shit out. Yeah. Um, I feel like this book would have worked better if Raina was younger. You think quarter so? Life, quarter life crisis her, make her 25, 24, 25, 26. Making her 29 Almost and 30. Because it was um, her 30th birthday the day of the wedding. 
Mm-hmm. Making she's when the book starts, she's 29. Making her 29 and 30, she's too old to have a quarter life crisis. And at that point, I'm like, you are never gonna have your shit together. Never, never, never. Um, I think we need to talk about the scene with Reyna in the kitchen and her mom and her grandma and her uncle. Uh huh. So, um, I because I think Reyna's relationship with her birth mother is an important part of this her growth. Right, and we didn't mention this, but Raina's father, even though she doesn't know him, he is also He's white. white. Yes, mm-hmm. is um, blonde haired blue eyes is how her mom always described him. Right, and tall, and so which Raina- Nani uses to describe handsome. Right. He's tall, <laughs> which Raina is uh, f- like a fairer skinned yeah. Indian woman, which Nani she's- loves, which is obsessed with. Yes, uh, yeah. So Raina's mom had her at sixteen. Uh-huh. And Nani and I forget how they say grandfather in here, and I don't want to screw it up, so I'm just going to skip that. I always I thought, well, I was reading it, Nana, and I was having a really hard time deciphering between Nana and Nani. Nani. Nani is grandmother. Grandma, right. Um, So her grandmother, Nani, wouldn't let the 16-year-old daughter help with the baby at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So she, the, Nani created a divide between Reina and her mother. To the point mm-hmm. where her mom runs off, right? Mm-hmm. And takes off. When her mom finally gets her life together, she's 47 and comes to tell Raina and the family that she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. And Raina has a meltdown. With a right? From a guy that she's never, Raina's never even met. Nobody's met. the fa- Like, she's right. just got this whole American life set up in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, you should come visit us sometime. Right. You know, he doesn't have kids of his own. So, and that was the excuse every time the mom kept saying something. He doesn't have kids of his own. Are you kidding me? That's the reason? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like. Listen, if I'm married to somebody else at 47, he doesn't have kids of his own. We are not having kids. No, I, I'm not having kids at 47. You can love I'm not kids. having kids now at 38 or 39. I am no. done childing. Ab- absolutely not. I am a- absolutely fucking not. We are done baby making. Mm. Preach. I am no longer a vessel for mm. future bigses. I am done with that shit. Yes, same. Done with that shit. Well, I don't know. What's your question, Molly? Sorry. Um, was Raina's outburst in the kitchen necessary? I think it was the first time that she really let her mom know, um, that she'd been hurt by their relationship. Mm -hmm. There's a story in here, like a vignette of a, of Raina. The flashback, one of the flashbacks. Yeah. And they go to like a house and people are getting high and like Raina's her 18th birthday no i don't think she was 18th birthday it was her 16th and the guys are like talking to her and and hitting on her and touching her and really inappropriate her mom's doing nothing to protect her and getting her drunk yeah and high and stoned it was gross it was really gross really inappropriate and then like on her birthday when she was younger like her mom just decided to go to amusement park because she wanted to take Raina to amusement park grandma said no and she forgot it was Raina's birthday. No, she wanted to do it for Raina's birthday, but it was the day of her party. And she's like, we're having a big party for her. We've been planning it. Right. I think that it was a necessary discussion. It was necessary for them to finally have the discussion of, you are not a good mom to me. You did no. not raise me. 
you are not doing the things to support me. And I'm really pissed off that now at, at your age that you've decided you're going to just make a whole other human and raise that one mm-hmm. because you didn't raise me. So there's a lot of hurt. Obviously, they have a toxic relationship between the two of them. I think it was necessary for Raina to finally express herself to her. I don't know that this story was necessary to the overall plot of the book. I prefer it over the LGBTQ plus storyline. Yeah. I I think that all it did was give us a little insight as to the fact that in the Indian culture, getting knocked up at 16 wouldn't be acceptable. Right. Right. And I don't think that's, I don't think that was necessary to the overall storyline. I think to understand Raina, we do need to know her mom. And I think that was the point of this. But if you eliminate, if you eliminate the mom story altogether, it doesn't have to be her grandma who's doing the matchmaker. It could be her mom. Or it could be that her mom was deceased and her grandmother or an absent raised her. mom altogether. Yeah, I mean, make her absent altogether. Yeah, her there could be a lot of reasons why. Um, oh, I don't know. Did you think Nani deserved to be yelled at too in that moment because she lost her shit on Nani and her mom? I think that she could have handled Nani better. Like I feel like she needed to be upfront with Nani from the beginning. I mean, and she kind of was. She was like, "Look, I said I'd wait till I was thirty, and Nani's like, well, "We're gonna start now." Right. Um. And she did tell Nani she didn't appreciate that she signed her up for online dating without her permission. But Nani um, really needs to get her shit together with the internet. <laughs> but <laughs> it sounds like Nani has some uh, interesting search histories. Um, I mean, I couldn't imagine what my grandmother would get into if she had access to the internet today, if she was still around. Yeah. Arvina having a computer sounds like a terrible idea. And I loved that woman. But her having access to Facebook and the internet sounds like a bad recipe. <laughs> Nigerian princess every day, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so out of the suitors for Reina, was there anybody you actually liked for her? No. Not even Asher? Well, Asher, but he wasn't one of the lists. She put him on the list. She did. Okay. (laughs) Yes, Asher. But it honestly, it was so predictable. Yeah. Um, And also that weird storyline where um, she asked him for pot. That made me literally cringe. I, I think. They were trying to build like this small romantic climax with him. And she's like, well, they both play basketball. Let's just put them on the basketball court. Mm-hmm. And then Reyna will remember that he smoked pot and it'll offend him and it'll make a divide. And then they'll kiss on New Year's Eve. And then she'll, you know, he'll learn she's gay and he'll apologize for kissing a gay woman. And it'll be mm-hmm. a miscommunication trope. And then, of course, a part of it's that is a mis- time miscommunication trope. And, of course, that miscommunication trope will also include the fact that his sister is gay and married to a woman. And uh, so now he's Almost even committed more, suicide. Yeah. And he, he's, all, he's even more sorry because... Yeah. He didn't mean to offend her or hurt her feelings. Um, it's just not a good story. Did... Well, do you want to finish the questions? Or are you just sit there and say that? Well, we've got 10 minutes left, baby doll, so we better do it. <laughs> do you think Shay's wedding was always going to end that way? Do you think it was always going to... Oh, a disaster. 
Oh, her yelling yeah. at her mom, being pregnant, like going yeah. missing the night of one of the ceremonies. Like, yeah, because uh, they were living together. Her mom thought that she was that Shay was still living with uh, Raina. Oh my god! Yes. Which, which was not the case at all. And in, um, what? How about what ride or die those two are? Shay and Raina aren't just best friends; they're sisters. Yeah, I mean that I, fight in the hotel room in New York City—that was a fight between sisters, not yeah. best friends. I had a feeling that she was pregnant when she was like being all weird and emotional, and I really yeah. did think they were going to elope. And then when it was like, oh, I think the wedding's off. It—it it was just so cliche. It was just so expected yeah like surprise me i've never read a book about indian culture before surprise me uh i'm assuming you had no favorite lines then you know molly even if i did i read this book like a month ago <laughs> so i have one I tell you um it says it goes it's from page 328 gay straight indian not idian she moves closer to him. Not everyone is brave enough to be themselves. All right. I'll take that. That could be my favorite line, too. <laughs> and my last question, April Goodreads. I gave it a two. And final thoughts? <sighs> I wanted to like it. Does that does Yeah, that it's something. Um, I, as a writer, I think she's a solid, I give her, like, her writing technique style verbiage language a storyline a b like i feel like there is a lot going there's too much going on in this book i would give her writing i'd give her writing a b plus a minus somewhere in that range but i would give the storyline a solid d plus oh i think the story needed more editing i i I mean we have gay the the lgbtq plus trope we Mm -hmm. have the miscommunication trope we have the absent parent trope we have the my family doesn't get me trope the wandering soul trope we have you know what we don't my job trope we have a bad boyfriend trope we like there are so many i i can't i I will lose count going through the trope but do you know what we don't have we don't have sex and I was just like, I wanted that. So the reason you're mad at this book isn't Sonia Nobody Lally's was banging. That's not Sonia Lolly's writing. It's you thought I was giving you a steamy summer read. <laughs> and instead I gave you a family relationship sad book. It wasn't sad. But yes, I was wanting it to be. It was in the romance section. So, so the bell is for me. <laughs> the bell's for Molly. <laughs> It was in the romance section. And, this is not and, a romance. This, going and, back and, to what we talked about last week. In, ma'am, uh, Miss Lolly, maybe talk to your cover artists. Have yeah. them read the book before they do the art. Um, and going back to what we talked about last week with Beach Read, this is not a romance novel. This is women's fiction. Oh, women's fiction. But heaven forbid we freaking label it anything else. Because it know. talks about romance, right? It talks about relationships. That's not a romance novel. If I read a romance romance novel novel and somebody doesn't bang, it's a waste of a romance novel. So we're not even going to talk about those Christian novels then, the Christian romances. Oh my gosh. Hallmark TV. (laughs) Molly. I I don't watch any of that. I've never seen a Hallmark Hallmark Christmas movie ever. Um, You know how uh, we, on our, our challenge, we have a reading challenge. Yes. 
my friend Rachel was paired up with me for the pick a book for your friend, and she picked a book mm-hmm. I will one hundred percent never read. So it is, it? Is the, it is the only thing, only check mark I have left to complete the fucking challenge. And it's been a month. And you're just I, not? I really don't want to do it. Uh, what book is it? Oh, my gosh. Let me think. Uh, hang on. Um, is it okay. Redeeming Love? Yeah, Redeeming Love. It's What's- historical fiction. That takes place in the Wild West, and it's, ah! and it's a prostitute, a woman who was like prostituted, and a man who's a good Christian man who just like follows God's word and sweeps her up. And what the fuck book is this? I read the description in Barnes and Noble because I was going to buy it. I read the description. I am holding you the description. Back on the show. I'm holding it. I'm reading the description aloud to Tom, and then I just went back on shelf. <laughs> that is not ever a book I would want to read. And she was like, I just want you to know that people are saying that it is a romance novel that could cause women to stumble because there is sexual content in it. And I was like, even then, I don't want to read this book. I don't I don't want to read this book. Oh my gosh. It's like I appreciate it's that. It's too steamy for the Christian bookstore. <laughs> They made it a movie. Um, no. Yeah, it's a movie. I have no I desire mean, to not it. that, uh, unlike our alien, the alien babysitter. Sometimes I wonder how books get published. Like, and, uh, my question is, is there is shit like that out there and I can't get a fucking phone call back. Yeah. I, uh, you just got to know people, man. I'm really That's sorry. That's a biz. I'm really sorry, Molly. I want that I did not write Alien Babysitters. Me too, man. <laughs> I'm sorry that you can't get a phone call back because you know I like your writing. I appreciate that, love. I do. Yeah. Uh, next week. Uh, next week we are talking about this book. It happened one summer by Tessa Bailey. The sequel is called Hook, Line, and Sinker by Tessa Bailey, and I did in fact read both of them because <laughs> she had some time. I own both of them. I bought them both at Barnes Noble and I had some time. Um, And so that's what we're going to talk about next week. And if you are worried about sexual content, these are not the books for you. Because this one is Why are you fucking here if you're worried about sexual content? We are not the podcast for you. We appreciate Mm. you joining us. Mm. Um, and you know, enjoy your religion. We're happy for you that you, you you believe the things you believe. I enjoy, um, I enjoy my religion. I but also you're not enjoy judging my sex. sexual content either. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about it happened one summer uh, by Tessa Bailey next week, um, and uh, that, August. August, we're jumping back into like the normal flow of things where we're not doing a theme. Um, yeah, I failed theme the theme test, obviously. Yeah, but you know what? We've done this before, so I failed the theme test in February because. Eleanor and Park was not yeah. like the romance that I remember it being. So maybe um, we just like skip themes for a little bit. Well, I want to do romance. This is off pod conversation. This um, is off, off re- live conversation. Yes. <laughs> in in August, we will have a guest. My friend Florida Megan will be joining us. We are reading. Florida. We are reading. Um, uh, the Night Circus. I thought I was going to say Station Eleven, but that's Chessie. And I'm legit <laughs> concerned for the episode because she's already texted me to say, "Does this book get better?" 
So <laughs> you love that book. I don't love it. It's just what I like. But yes, I was like, fuck. (laughs) We're going to have an issue. Yeah. But we're going back to normal style things. And hey, I'm reading the first and second August book right now. And they're both going well for me. So Really? Yeah. Even the ones I picked? The one you picked, which is Wait, The House on the is, Cerulean Sea? That's not a Molly pick. That's actually a suggestion from a bestie. Well, maybe we could just fire you and hire her. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, you're up. I'm out. Bye. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. I think we're done. <laughs> joining us on book besties don't forget to like and subscribe the views discussed here are those of molly and april not those of anyone else today's book was the matchmakers list by sonia lolly your book besties are molly biggs and april watkins editing by thomas watkins and music is sleep sweetly by Prigida. don't forget to follow the book besties on facebook instagram twitter tiktok and youtube if you'd like to contact the book besties please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com